the Mzitra Magid uh, prophetically told the Al-Tarebbe once, the 19th of Kislev is our day of celebration, our Hilula. And he was referring to the fact that he later passed away on that day. And Al-Tarebbe was released from prison on that day, 19th of Kislev. So in this uh, next part of the Febrengen, the Rebbe explains something about a teaching of Mzitra Magid and how it connects to 19th of Kislev. Let's go right to it. The Altarber wrote in a letter to Blavi Yitzchak after he was released from prison that Hashem did a wondrous thing by redeeming the Altarber to the eyes of all, the eyes of all the ministers. Everyone saw there's a great miracle. And the Altar mentioned this day was also the day when did the redemption happen on the yard site of his teacher, the Magad. The year they gave this for bringing Tashlam and Gimel was 200 years since the Magad's passing. That's why the Rebbe that year. Um, made an effort to print, to reprint the books of Zitra Magid, uh, his major works, or Torah, Kutimarim, which they have, there are many teachings in both books that are very similar. Different words, but similar teachings. It says that tzaddikim are like Hashem. And just like Hashem put his essence in the Torah, and that's why the first word of the Ten Commandments is Anochi. Anochi stands for I, my soul, I wrote it and gave it. So to a tzaddik, he puts his very core, very essence in the Torah. Next page. The Rebbe Rasha, before he passed away, he said, I'm going to heaven. And I'm leaving you my writings. He said two things. He said, I'm going to heaven, and the writings I leave with you. So it's not really two things. These two things are connected. It's one concept. That I'm not really leaving you because I'm giving you my writings. I put my essence in my writings, and therefore... Um, you're connecting me with me as I go to heaven with my writings. I mean, I'm going to heaven and you have my writings. You have me in heaven through my writings. So if you study the teachings of a tzaddik and you connect with the ideas of the tzaddik's teachings, you connect with the tzaddik himself. If you learn anything from any tzaddik, the Gemara says, when you say words of a tzaddik, the, the tzaddik, um, is in, the, in, his, in his grave, his lips move and say and echoes your words. But when you learn, study the inner dimension of Torah, you're connecting with the inner dimension of the tzaddik. It's not just you're connecting with the tzaddik in general, you're connecting with the, the ptimius of the tzaddik. And not just you're connecting with them, but you're connecting in a way that it goes inside you too, because you're studying something which is deeper, so it also goes deeper inside of you. And since the Alter Rebbe 
connects his redemption with the yard side of the, the Zichim Magid, it's understood that, that there is a relationship between these two, these two events. So let's see the connection in the teachings of the Magid, and through this, to connect to the Magid. There is a Magid, a Magid Gufa, and you ask the calling to Rosh Miskashimime, is Shilus Mucheza in a Rishnish Besafarif, Kinsha Mitsinish Kam Shakosvak Dom Lucifre, in a Rishnish Besifre, who in a Doma Shemversus at Techem, a Pimish Kosvil Kalkaman. The Magid himself has many different things that he wrote in his books, but let's look at the very first thing he wrote, because he didn't write an introduction to his works, and so his first teaching is a sort of introduction to his works, and therefore it, it encapsulates more about where he's going with his book. So what's, what's his first teaching? How does this connect with Dev Diskislev? So, Ezvav. Both books of the Magid begin with the same teaching. It's on Rashi. Rashi, in the beginning of the Torah, addresses why the Torah begins with, um, with creation and not with the first mitzvah. That's Rashi's question. Why doesn't the Torah begin with the first mitzvah? So Rashi has different answer than the Magid. He quotes some other medrash. Rashi famously says that the reason why the Torah begins with creation is that we'll have something to respond to Gentiles who, 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 who will say that we're thieves for stealing Israel and we can respond to them and say Hashem created the world and He gave us, a, he gave us this land. But the, the Magid says there's another reason. He quotes another medrash why the Torah begins with creation. Why does the Torah begin with creation? Because when God gave us a Torah, we said first we will do, and then we will understand. In other words, who? Hashem will advance. So, 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 but the reason he put in the Torah the creation is because creation is Hashem's actions, Hashem's deeds. And we got the Torah. What did we say? We said, first we will do, and then we'll understand. We focused on obeying Hashem in the physical world and actually implementing what Hashem is asking us to do. And that's why uh, the Torah begins with Hashem's deeds, because we also, our relationship to the Torah is through our actions, through our deeds. So the Magid then says that Hashem sort of pictured the Jewish people, just like a father who has a picture of a son always in his mind, even the son goes away, the image of the son is always in the father's mind, except there's a difference between Hashem picturing the Jewish people and, and uh, a father picturing a son. When a father pictures his son, what is he doing? His son is already born. And he's picturing his, his son's image in his mind, knowing that it's etched into his very core. By Hashem, even before the Jewish people are born, Hashem already, already has their image, so to speak, etched into his very core, into Hashem's, into Hashem's very essence. So, the Magid seems to um, veer from Rashi, but if his point was to go towards 
this concept of how Hashem loves the Jewish people and has their image in his mind, if that's where he was going in general, the Chassidim say that when you learn a discourse of, uh, of the Rebbe or any of the Rebbeim, there's a, there's, there's a first paragraph and last paragraph. And it's called the passport. It's called the passport because it's not really the subject. The questions in the Torah portion, the answers in the Torah portion, aren't the subject. That's just a passport, a segue to get into the subject. But the subject is the chassidus. The subject is, is, the, is the divine teachings of whatever the subject is that the Rebbe is teaching. The questions of Parsha are just like a way to get there. That's not the focus. So why does a Magid um, go into um, this other um, teaching of the Medish because of Nasev and Ishma? Why doesn't he just say what Rashi says? Hashem loves the Jewish people and he, and he has their image in his mind. And that's why he told us about creation so that we'll have a response for the Gentiles. Why does he, why does he go to um, this other teaching to get there? That's because there's a, there's a general distinction, there's a general um, difference between what Rashi is trying to do in his explanation and what the Magid, who is, who is giving us the inner dimension of Torah, try, is trying to do with his, with his works. Rashi Rashi explains a simple translation of the Torah. Rashi is telling us the way things are in the physical world. Rashi is addressing us from the simple meaning of the Torah. The simple meaning of the Torah, I think, is uh, the result says is parallel to um, the, this world. There's four levels of Torah interpretation, and this world corresponds to the simple meaning of the Torah. So Rashi is addressing things the way they are in the simple meaning of the Torah. He tells us the greatness of Hashem. Which part of the greatness of Hashem? Is Rashi telling us in this section over here? Rashi is telling us about the what's called the belly button of the earth, meaning the center of the earth, Israel. The world gets its sustenance from Israel, and uh, so so Rashi says, "What's this pasuk telling us? The pasuk is talking about the greatness of Hashem. Where is the Torah focusing on? It tells us the greatness of Hashem is telling us about Israel." Rashi says the Torah. Is, Rashi is going from vantage point. The Torah is about the simple meaning. The Torah is about creation. And, and this part of the Torah is about the greatness of Hashem. Genesis, creation, is about Hashem's greatness. Hashem created so many creatures. So which part of the world is the Torah focusing on? Rashi says, the center. The Torah is talking about Israel. So that's how Rashi looks at it. How does the Magad look at it? Next page. The inner dimension of Torah is above creation. It's the, we're not talking about the Jewish people in this physical world. We're talking about the Jewish people as they are above the world. The world is external. The world is not is not um, is not the first thing that existed. First, there is the Jewish people. And so therefore the Magid says, what's the point of telling us about Bereshis? It's because of, of Nasiv and Nishma. It's because of what happened at Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai was an event that was transcendent, that was above creation, that was above the world. What's the point of beginning the Torah with Bereshis? The Magid says it's about Mount Sinai. It's about something which is above creation. So, 
so the Magid right away, he sees creation. Where does he go with creation? He goes right away to something beyond creation. Because the Magid is coming from the vantage point of not the simple meaning of the Torah, the inner dimension of Torah. So what's the subject matter? The Jewish people. We're above creation. And where is, what's the first thing the Torah must be talking about? Talking about the giving of the Torah, an event which is above creation. And yet, okay, that's the subject. What does the Torah tell us about the subject? That Hashem wants us to focus on doing stuff. Hashem wants us to focus on action, not spirituality. Hashem wants us to focus on on, on action. Action is the main thing. You haven't fall so far? Yeah? So Rashi has, has telling us a simple meaning of the Torah, and therefore Rashi says, that what's, what's the greatness of Hashem in creation? The greatness of Hashem is Israel. The Magda says we're talking not about the greatness of Hashem in creation, we're talking about the truth, which is above creation, the Jewish people. And what's the Torah tongues about the Jewish people that they have to focus on action? Why is it that we have to say we will do before we understand? It seems that understanding would help you get things done better. And Hashem, Kedusha, holiness, requires order. So, according to a regular order, first you understand, then you perform. That's the way things are according to logic. So why is it that there is this insistence of doing before understanding? The Gemara says a story about Rava. The Rava was once learning Torah, and his feet were pressing to his hands while he was concentrating so deeply that there was blood oozing out of his out of his hands. So this this man passes by this Saduki, this heretic, and he says to Rava, "Is you are from the frenzy nation who your mouth came before your deeds, and you're still in the middle of this frenzy, and you guys never stopped." So. He was referring, of course, to the fact that we said we will do before we will understand. So Rava says, we are from the sincere nation, and our sincerity leads us. So notice what Rava didn't say, the Rebbe says. Rava didn't say we're not a frenzy nation. We're not a crazy people. He didn't say we're not crazy. He just said our sincerity is what leads us. But he didn't, he didn't negate that, we're not, that we are not a frenzy nation. So I guess it must be we are a frenzy nation. That, that, that's true. Saying we will do before we understand is not the regular order. That is acting in a frenzied haste. According to the regular order, the way that Hashem built a human being, Hashem gave us our mind that controls our heart, the order should have been that first there's understanding and actually to action, and yet it's not the order. Why? Achinu, the explanation is, there is a way she made the world, yes. Understanding leads to action. That's the way things are according to creation. But Hashem put us in a world with an order in order that we should go beyond it. Hashem put us in an order that has an order. It put us in a world that has an order. But he wants us to go beyond it. I heard that Rabbi uh, Nissen Mendel was shown. He was putting. He, he was put, putting together the um, talks and tales for the month of Kislev, and in the talks and tales, 
has a section always about um, the customs, the halachas of the month, and he doesn't um, put in most sur. And I think the Rebbe, the, either Rebbe took out most sur, or he t- or he didn't put it in to begin with. Something that most sur was omitted because, by, by the Rebbe's instruction. The Rebbe would edit the, the talks and tales. He put he would put it together. The Rebbe edited it. So he asked the Rebbe, why don't we put Moist Sur into the talks and tales? Everyone says Moist Sur. So the Rebbe responded, the, my shver, my father-in-law, wanted that the world should follow us, not that we should follow the world. That's the Rebbe saying over here. Yeah, there's an order in the world. The world, order of the world is that, that your mind comes first, then your actions. But the goal is, what? That's, that, that's how Hashem made you. But the goal is that the opposite. The goal is that, that you should go beyond that order. You shouldn't just be limited by what you understand. And this is the content what the Magid was teaching. The inner dimension of Torah that reveals the inner dimension of everything. The inner intent of Hashem when He created the world is is that a Jew should reveal His inner depth. And by doing this, you fulfill the inner intent of Hashem's purpose and creation. Hashem made the world. But what's the purpose of creation? What's the kavana primis? What's the goal? The goal of creation is that a Jew should reveal his inner self. So how do we reveal our inner self? By, by our, 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 our devotion to Hashem beyond logic and reason is our, is our deeper self. It's one Fabrengen the Rebbe gave. And uh, the, the, in the middle of the Fabrengen there were things that the Rebbe said that many people didn't understand. And so what would happen often after the Rebbe gave a Fabrengen is that people would converse afterwards. You've lived in New York, you would call your friend in Los Angeles, say, this is what the Rebbe spoke about today. So what, after this, that the Rebbe said some words which sounded very like people don't understand them. So he, so he said, what happened today? So he calls, so he said, today, and the Rebbe spoke, no one understood it. No one understood it. It was like, it was like so, I don't know. It wasn't, no one understood it. He calls up Shmerel. What happened today? I understand what the Rebbe said exactly. He said, it was unbelievable today. The Rebbe spoke straight from heaven. No one understood what the Rebbe was saying. So, so the perspective over here. That, that's, a way, that's a Jewish perspective. The Jewish perspective is, you don't understand it? Where does it resonate? If it makes sense, so what does it make sense? It makes sense to your mind. But, but your, your pneumius, your inner core, finds, finds home with the super-rational, finds home with what's beyond logic and reason. There was a one chassid, he was in the Rebbe's room, and the Rebbe told him to do something. His name was Rabbi Reuven Dunin. To do something because... He told the Rebbe, don't tell me why. I don't want to know why. Because I don't want to do it because I understand. I want to do it because the Rebbe said. That's what he said. The, the idea is, that's a premius. The premius is, look at the mitzvahs called chukim. Right? The mitzvahs called chukim. What are those mitzvahs? Mitzvahs are super rational mitzvahs. What does what chuk mean? Chuk also means to be engraved. What's engraved in our core? Not, not our logic. Our logic is in our core. Nasiv and Nishma is our core. Hashem built us, yeah, that our mind controls, our heart controls, our actions, that there's first ideology, and then there's, then there's our... Uh, ideology, there's our character, there's our behavior, that's a natural order. But that's not the goal. The goal is Hashem wants us to reveal our ptimius, to reveal our inner inner selves. Okay, that's why we have to say we will do before we understand. By dying to we still need to understand. If the goal is that we should have this devotion to Hashem, so then just we should stand and, and, and like, like a Shemana Esrei and be in a state of devotion to Hashem. The, the words we're saying to Hashem is we will do. 
being in a state of action. It's not the same thing as, like when you're in front of the king, right? You're supposed to be silent. You're not supposed to move. Your, 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 your expression of devotion to the king when you're in front of the king is not by fulfilling the will of the king. It's by just standing silently in, in a state of abnegation to the king. So why, if the goal is that we should reveal our devotion to Hashem, what's the thing about action? Why is there a focus on action? Real bittel means that you're not just um, silently bottle, silently devoted, devoted to Hashem. Real devotion to Hashem means that um, that you are standing up and doing what Hashem wants you to do. Okay. What the Magid is saying and what Rashi is saying are really the same. Rashi is saying that Hashem gave us the land of Israel. Hashem, Rashi is talking to us about our connection to the world and our impact on the world. The Magid is also talking about our impact in the world. The Magid is saying that you can't just be in a state of, of devotion to Hashem. Hashem wants you to impact the world. Your devotion to Hashem has to find expression in what you do for the world. This beautiful teaching of the Al-Qarebbe, everything Hashem wants, He does. He created. Everything Hashem wants, He created. The Al-Qarebbe said, if you want to know the entire desire of Hashem, the entire desire of Hashem is, we should do something. Action is the main thing. Some desires we should do. So the Magid is highlighting that, that, we, have to, that we have to be in a state of... Um, of uh, deep, we, have, we have to be devoted to Hashem, yes, but it has to be in a way that 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 we're doing something. Um, we have to go beyond logic and reason, but that devotion, logic beyond logic and reason, in order to get there, you have to you have to stand up and do something. You can't get to beyond logic and reason without doing something. You can't without rolling up your sleeves. Altar said it this way. Altar said. In order to reach Pneumius, you have to have Messias Nefesh. In order for Torah to, to really mean something to you, you have to really, you have to have, you have to actually go and, and do something for Hashem beyond logic. You can't just theoretically be devoted to Hashem. If you actually get up and do something, that's how you connect to your inner self. To get, you can't connect to your inner self without rolling up your sleeves. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting here. But Yerami said, the lesson for us is this. There are some people who think we have to be in a state of separation from the world. If a person's in a state of like a hermit, a state of separation from the world, when he actually comes in contact with the world, so he can't contend with the challenges he has. If he's trying to like always be like above it, it sounds like what the Rambam says. Rambam says when you dive and you have to have your heart in heaven, your eyes in the ground. You have to you have to always have your eyes in the ground and think about. What is actually going to be the practical result of your daven? Where's it going to bring you? Like um, this similar teaching, the Gemara, the Gemara says you should never live in a town where the leader, of the, the mayor of the town, is a rabbi or is a Torah scholar. Now, what does that? How does that make sense? 
You want the Torah scholar to be the to, to be to, to be the mayor because who else can have to have to be the mayor? The mayor has to be someone who got doesn't score the Torah. So everyone's explained. There is the, the Gemara says the Torah scholars are going to be involved, preoccupied with their own needs, not preoccupied with the needs of the town. So I've explained that in Torah itself there's two perspectives. There's what the town should need, and there's what the town, town actually does need. So the Torah scholars, they're the, they're, 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 if they're preoccupied with looking at Torah from the truth of Torah, they're not going to actually be able to be conscious of what the people actually need. So the town's going to be, be in a, in, in a, in not going to be in a good state. In a similar way, they have saying with this guy who's in a state of, of separation from, from the world, it's not, he's not going to be able to really impact the world properly. B'chein, therefore, this is not the way. The Jew has to be involved with the world. Just like Hashem tells us the story of creation so that we should be able to respond to the Gentiles, so too Hashem is telling us in the beginning of, of the Torah, we have to get involved with creation. Hashem told us about creation, about Hashem making the world, because we have to do something in the world. But we shouldn't be involved in the world because of our passion, because we love the world, if you're involved with, with the world and worldliness and, and physical things because you love the physical, then you are lower than the world and you're receiving from it. Rather, our involvement with the world should be in a way that whatever we do and we eat and drink, whatever we do should be in a way that we are doing, doing it for the sake of Hashem. And more, in the eating and drinking itself, in all your ways, you should know Hashem, Hashem. You should see divine providence, whatever you're doing. Not just, it should be for the sake of Hashem, but know Hashem in all your ways. Joseph Rambam, as Rambam says, that a wise man is noticed. You can tell who a wise man is, not just in his wisdom, but the way he eats and the way he drinks. Whatever he does, you can tell that he is a wise man. And what is the, the meaning of wisdom? The meaning of wisdom, it says in the Gemara, a wise man is someone who could see the outcome. And Hasidus explains... Uh, uh, yeah, so the simple meaning is you could see at the beginning, but also in the beginning of something, what's going to happen, happen but so forth, what's going to happen later. But Hasidus explains, Reyes Anil means the wise man is someone who looks at the world and he sees the world's constantly being created, the world's constantly, constantly being born. He sees not, not just the outcome, he sees the birth of creation. Who is the wise man? Someone who looks at the world, doesn't feel the world is a separate entity, he feels how Hashem's word is constantly causing the world to be born. And therefore, the first thing we need to do is say, Nasa before Nishma we will do before we understand, and then once we have that intro, we will do first, then we have to try to use our mind as well, and through this, we will be blessed to have abundance in everything, abundance in our Torah, abundance in our mitzvahs, and abundance in our Avish Yisrael, and, and through spreading Chassidus to the outside, we'll, and we'll merit to fulfill Ufarat's the Yom of Akema, that the Torah is, not just the Torah is spread to all different places, but the Abish blesses us beyond all limitations, Nachal Mitzar, L'chaim, L'chaim, Yes. Successor of Al Shemtiv. He's a, okay, he's a successor, but he's, he's before the Al Tarebbe.